Pickaxe. Welcome to the Review of Death, a Doctor Who podcast, your fortnightly home for all the latest news and reviews of the longest-running science fiction series in the world. Each episode will update you with what's happening in the world of Doctor Who. Is that not the most beautiful Doctor Who logo you have ever seen? Then we'll review an episode from Doctor Who's 60-year history, which we promise will be filled with lots of very serious discussions. This is the definition for Chumbly. Receiving a or taking a now, I was going to say, do Louis through like weird weekends with different doctors. This lady over here just got you to sign her knickers from 1986. Yeah. Does that happen often? Yeah. <laughs> not mm. as often as I'd like. <laughs> <laughs> and if that's not all, we'll have guest presenters, interviews, tier lists, and more. So join us, Matt and Billy, for the review of Death from Pickaxe, a chat about the greatest show in the galaxy. Available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Thanks for dropping into the cast party. Join the cast and crew as they are snudged from their Hollywood film set into the crazy world of Dungeons and Dragons. And action! I know it's not much. One deer won't feed you, but it's just an appetizer. You'll get a real meal soon enough. Nice and rare. Just how you like it. It is Cast Party's anniversary month! Cast Party is officially two years old, and that is just so crazy to think about. So we're going to give you access to our exclusive bonus content for free to celebrate. For those of you who are not part of the cast and crew over at patreon.com slash cast party, you will be getting a sneak peek and extra full-length bonus episodes this month to give you an idea of what our bonus content is like and why people love it so much. You've already had access to Behind the Scenes featuring Luis Carrazzo, and you'll also be getting a Behind the Scenes episode for this one as well, featuring our thoughts on the episode, our theories, and just a whole bunch of nonsense in between. To end the monthly celebration, we will be releasing the long-awaited, highly anticipated next installment of Enter the Pungeon on December 1st, a hilarious, pun-filled one-shot that is all the rave in the cast party community. Enter the Pungeon is part of our monthly one-shot series, The After Party, where we do hilarious, silly, or just downright weird one-shots for you all to enjoy. Some canon, most not, all amazing. And last but not least, merch is out now. This is limited edition, one month only. And as of right now, you only have a couple more weeks to be able to snag yours while they're still available. We have returning favorites like the Matthias's University Sweater or Xander's Supreme Hoodie, as well as brand new designs to celebrate the anniversary of Cast Party. So check them out before they're locked back in the vault at cast-party.myshopify.com. Again, thank you all so, so much for two entire years of Cast Party. This show means the absolute world to all of us. And if you enjoy this sneak peek of all our exclusive bonus content this month, join us over on Patreon for hours upon hours of more goodies. For just the price of a single cup of coffee, you can get access to backlogs of one-shots, behind-the-scenes info, and all sorts of things that you won't get anywhere else. Patreon.com slash Cast Party. We hope to see you there. 
Come join us and hang in the Discord. We are incredibly active and love chatting with all of you. We love you all to death and can't thank you enough for the support and for spending the last two years with us. Enjoy the episode, cast and crew. Hello everyone and welcome to Cast Party. My name is Colin McManus and I will be your director for today. I am joined by my betrayed cast and crew, Ryan McManus. I, Sebastian Vivaldi Greensleeves, an emo and heart musician whose only experience with twins was when he first arrived in LA. Walking down the street, a YouTube prank show targeted him to be a part of their next video. One twin walked out of a Starbucks he was entering. He held the door for her and wished her a nice day as she strolled off down the street. He turned and walked in to see the other twin, welcoming him into that Starbucks. Sebastian then had an existential crisis. That one YouTube video has racked up more views than all of his music videos combined. Got him. What? Anna Brisbane. <gasps> okay, hi. My name's Anna. Um, I'm playing Blueberry. She's pretty cool. Anyway, did you know that for just the next two weeks, you can buy Sick Cast Party Anniversary merch, including new designs <laughs> like the Super Pretty Sick Options shirt, and that one name and name and name and name shirt, you know the one, and some previous designs pulled from the vault, like the Matthias University sweater and Xander Supreme hoodie, also stickers. So go get you some cool shit to decorate your water bottle and your torso. <laughs> cast-party.myshopify.com Also, if you didn't already know, Bayonetta 3 is out now for Nintendo Switch and I play Viola, who is pretty freaking cool, so you should play it. That's all. Yeah, Right now, yes. go play. Nigel Deacon. You know what it is, Xander Gucci Supreme, who barely graduated college with his undergrad degree. After all of the various traumas that happened to him in 2012, which was, I think, his junior year, School was realistically the only thing he had in his life, but that didn't stop him from ignoring assignments or skipping classes because of his frat brothers. The parties, the dumb behavior, the petty vandalism and robbery, that was really all he could do to distract himself from everything going on in his life. But in his senior year, he had this one professor that really took an interest in him and was such an absolute dickhead piece of shit that hated Xander and his lack of passion for his education. This professor, though claiming to not put forward any unfair grades for Xander, did say to his face, you're never going to graduate from here, I have zero faith in you. Now, we all know Xander thrives on spite and proving people wrong, so he took that as a challenge and turned around his entire approach to school. He hunkered down, started getting A's in spite of all the partying and vandalism, and graduated on time with all of his credits intact. Truly, all he needed was that professor to tell him he couldn't do it. They still keep in touch. Xander sends him his best photographs with a caption like, fuck you, dickhead. I told you I'd amount to something. And the professor always responds, please leave me alone. Oh my God. When's the restraining order? It's surprising it hasn't come yet. It's been nine years, seven years. Oh my God. Vince Burrito. This one's for Ryan. We were talking about it a minute ago and I thought, it. yeah, here we go. Snowmel Dicknar Skinit. Oh, who you poop? The poops tough. He said you poop. Gib, uh, <laughs> <Yo> poop. <laughs> so have fun decrypting that, Ryan. That was a sentence that I wrote and read it backwards. I'd used a text converter to put <laughs> oh, that backwards. Jesus Christ. So uh, I probably did horrible. Hello, Editing Ryan here. I have reversed Vincent's sentence, and it is still absolute gibberish. 
If you can somehow decipher what the heck he was trying to say, I will send you a free piece of anniversary merch. You just gotta send us in your guess, because, uh, I have no idea. But the second part of my intro is that Jet the Boulder Chambers likes, uh, everybody's going to hate the, me for this, but Jet likes to wear uh, socks with his sandals. But not like the slip-on okay. sandals. He does like the toe, the thong sandals. Of course he no, does. Yes. Uh, yeah, no, I saw it coming. Let's get right into it. Talk about what happened last time. Xander spoke with the two beings within the plant on Fendrea, who he discovered to be Blightmore and Nomura. Blightmore was telling Xander to kill Nomura, while Nomura wanted you to enter the portal to get all the answers before making your decision. You ended up moving through the portal and ended up on a floating island in a gray sea, the same one from Xander's dream. You headed inside the only building here with a being that looked like one of the beings that took Xander aboard their ship so many years ago when he was abducted from the Grand Canyon. You learned the story of the twins, forced to live together until they could become split and kill one another. The victor would take their seat by Omis's side. They made a deal with a fey prince, Sire that they would expand the Witchfen Forest to the edges of Bakaria, and he would in return split them apart. Xander, you also learned that one of the twins was taking powers from the soul of the Austral Sea. You headed upstairs alone and had a tense conversation between you and the twins. Lobos found his way through the barrier and watched as Xander made his decision. Once Xander attacked Blightmore, the floor beneath Sebastian and Jet collapsed. As combat ensued, Jet and Sebastian were able to get out of the hole leading to the Astral Sea below. Blueberry ran up the stairs, dodging the different slods that arrived in the bottom of this building. And slowly, each of you were able to make your way up into the sphere above, where Lobos, Xander, and the twins were fighting. Lobos and Xander fighting against different environmental hazards, some mists, some tentacles, and more. You were able to damage Blightmore, who in return wanted to destroy you. Eventually, with all of you, Blightmore dropped dropping a purple gem on the ground. Xander then turned on Nomura, who pleaded for their life, saying, you won't be special anymore. Xander, knowing this not to be true, worked with the rest of you all to destroy Nomura in one fell swoop. This led Xander to become a commoner, though just for a moment. Xander was able to get some power back by trying to hold on to both the crystals that dropped from Nomura and Blightmore. He wasn't strong enough to hold on to both, so decided to keep holding on to the crystal that dropped from Nomura and to let go of Blightmores. Just after, Lobos revealed his true nature of being a part of the Magistrate and tried to pick up the crystal that dropped from Blightmore. Unable to completely hold on to its power, Xander sent good vibes to him through the crystal, shattering it completely. You all spoke for a bit. Lobos did his best to let you know he wouldn't turn you in if he had the chance to keep the Magistrate off your tail, but he would not give his life to save yours. You left the Astral Plane, parted ways, the four of you heading southward before finding the edge of the Witchfen Forest. Now, you've just left the edge of the forest, the vibrant trees behind you. Ahead, you see much more normal pines. Lobos mentioned to you that there were other villages on Bakaria. If you are headed to Helios to head south until you came upon any sort of semblance of a road or path and just follow it to the nearest village, 
You have traveled for some time to get out of the forest, and now the moons are crusting the horizon as much of the light is gone for the day. And so the scene is set. The question is, what will you do next? After leaving Lobos's rage, I definitely would have cast Pass Without a Trace. And then I guess I only have one charge left, so I can't cast it again. So for the first hour, we are sneaky and without tracks, but then I guess normal after that. And now we're at the edge of the forest? Forest behind you, and you see, again, these normal trees ahead, and so refreshing to see greens and browns in foliage. Can we see anything other than the woods in front of us, or is it just like we exit one woods, enter another woods? It looks like there is a decent amount of area here. It actually looks like you can see a bunch of chopped down trees. It looks like some other villages or what have you nearby have made a barrier between. Lobos mentioned that the Witchfen Forest used to be growing southward, but once it hit Umberdale, it focused all its efforts on Umberdale, so it stopped its movement southward. So in this case, there's about a 100-120 feet blanket space of just nothing open field, and then a few pines here and there. By no means very dense at this point, but further in the distance you can see that. As for roads or pathways, you don't see any. So, do we want to try our best to find the flower? I I think that might be our best call, because, like, we're kind of... Stranded. Yeah. The, the only problem with that is, if I remember correctly, it was specifically in the Witchfen Forest. So, like, we have a, a smaller focus point, but we would have to dive back into the forest. I don't think that's a good idea right now. Well, it's not like the forest is as dangerous anymore. It's kind of a needle in a haystack thing, though. Yeah, but I've got magic. There's a chance that we could run into those guys, though. Yeah, backtracking when... He said that they're already after us is is a little scary. They could be right behind us for all we know. We just need to rest and lay low. If we're going to rest, why don't we head south just a little bit and at least hit up that town that Lobos was talking about? If there's no solutions there, if there's no access to like a boat, or maybe they have another airship for sale, or anything, we can just trek back up in the morning. Okay. Because I, you know, I have a spell that I can locate plants so I could try to track it down. Oh, true. How far away can you sense it? Five miles. How long would that take you? Instantaneous, or I could spend ten minutes to do it with less energy. Well, what do you think, guys? Maybe we just give it a chance, see how far away it is? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it can't hurt, right? I don't have it prepped right now. (laughs) We'd have to sleep. I'm a little scared of of being at least this far north right now. I wouldn't be opposed to going south, finding whatever town or towns that Lobos was talking about, getting some sleep, and then kind of going from there. We have one solution. We can see if there's any other options and kind of weigh what weigh what we're doing. Let's try to find some beds. That's that's a good idea. I think we all need some rest. You ready to uh, leave this all behind you? Punch Sander in the arm. I mean, as much as I can, yeah, yeah. 
there's still uh, some of that energy inside me. It's still coming down off that adrenaline high too, so... Where's that dagger? It's it's back in the astral plane. Oh my god. Okay. That was probably for the best. Yeah. Who knows what remaining negative energy was associated with that thing. Yeah. Plus, I still got all of these and I shake my backpack and it jangles and you hear the one glass one shatter and then it <laughs> comes back. <laughs> While we're walking, who wants these boots? I, I don't want to be like the one to just like claim these. Oh, yeah. I, I grabbed them because they look Gucci, but like it's it's who needs to be fast because Lobos was kind of fast. I mean, I already got some nice boots, so don't look at me. I feel like they're better suited for you, though. For me? Yeah, would you rather be super fast and s or fly? Well, hover, f or float, uh... Fall slowly. That. I don't know. I've gotten good use out of these, but... If you guys think I'd look better in the other ones, maybe, uh... It's not about looks. You just- I think you'd do better if you can get into a situation real fast and then disengage if you need to. You are the only one who can't do jack shit from afar. That's true. That's well, true. I mean, who's going to take these then? I'll, I'll take my boots off. Who, who's holding them up? Who's, who wants these? Any one of us could benefit from those. Probably me the least, maybe, since I could in a pinch turn into a bird. I was going to say Xander because I could always just do my little teleporty thing, and he doesn't really have any way of getting out of a hairy situation, and he's a little clumsy. I do like to jump off of things. Well, alright, see if they fit, have fun of them, they're a little beat up, I've been fighting a bout of Athlete's Foot for the last, like, two weeks, so, here you go. Oh my oh, god. Oh, good, good, great, thank you. Yeah, I can see, like, half your foot's left in here, goddamn. Jet, when you put these boots on, they are traditional boots of speed. You can use a bonus action to click the boots' heels together, you can double your walking speed. Any creature that makes an opportunity attack against you has disadvantage. And so that lasts for a total of 10 minutes, as well as these ones look a little bit special. They're also going to give you a plus one AC. You guys walk a little bit past the line of pines. It is getting relatively late now. Are you guys trying to continue further out south or are you guys just trying to set up for the night and get comfy? Oh yeah, Blue, we could use your, your willow, right? Yeah. At least that'll tell us if anyone's coming for us. Or we could just trek on through the night and find the town. Maybe we just keep going until we find a spot that seems we can, like, be tucked out of the way and, like, put up the willow and feel like it's not just out in the open. Yeah. I'm game with that if you guys are. Yeah. Who's taking lead? With my new boots, I'll take lead, of course. Jet, give me a survival roll. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Can I be walking behind him and, like, also be looking? Anyone who's, like, actively trying can do survival. Why do we always let Jet lead when Xander's the one who wanders around the fucking desert and the forest all the time? This is gonna be the last opportunity for my Star Wars dice. Oh my god. Okay, it's happening today. Last opportunity. It better be good. Somebody kiss him. Nah. Thanks. <laughs> fucking... Nine. What'd you get, Blueberry? Natural one, six. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Please, you people. It's relatively early in the night. 
And so you're determined to keep moving, and you're feeling a little bit new, a little bit different, especially Xander. The long walk, it is tiring, but also a little bit rejuvenating as you're breathing the Fendrayan air. And on this little walk, you have all leveled up to level 10. As you're moving through here, there is a lot of different stuff happening. It's very barren at the start. And then in the distance now, you can actually start to see more hilly areas the further you move south. But it looks like it wouldn't be possible to get to those without completely overexerting yourself. You do find a wide open field. It looks like this might have been caused by... You're not sure with your survival roll? It's not perfectly like a specific shape. It's just like an area where there's no pines. You do find a small area off to the side, wide enough for you guys to like lay down and set up the willow tree. With that spot that we find, I want to try out my new boots a little bit, break them in some more. Can I just take like a run around the area just to see if there's any establishments or signs of other people or some sort of like beings that could possibly be some sort of enemy or whatever. Go ahead and give me perception. Uh, eight? Jet, you run around. It's real dark. Every once in a while you get spooked because you happen to scare a little critter. With your perception check, you do not see anything of danger or anything man-made. All right, I'll report that back to everybody and uh, start making camp. Blueberry, you are casting the willow. Willow form, you can use an action to plant one end of the staff into fertile ground and expend one charge. I have one charge left to transform the staff into a healthy weeping willow tree that trees 40 feet tall in its branches at the top spread out in 30 foot radius before touching the ground and acting like the alarm spell. The branches also have four good berry clusters. Damn, I love trees. God, I don't even care that we have to sleep on sleeping bags tonight. It's just going to be so nice. Xander's already asleep. Oh, that was quick. He's had a big day, just face down in the dirt, <laughs> napping. He had a long day, guys. Let's leave him to it. Meditate now and then yoga when I wake up. Falling asleep and nothing but my underwear and my new boots. Jesus. All right. New boot goofing. <laughs> new yeah. boot goofing. Sebastian, you are getting ready to fall asleep after a very long and intense day. What are you thinking about? I'm sitting with my legs up and my pillow hunched into my stomach. I'm kind of just reminiscing about everything that went on, and I'm thinking a lot about home. Things just keep getting worse and worse here. I bring out my lyrics journal, and I flip maybe like halfway in. There's a page with the song title at the top. It says, Tentative Homesick. I'm like chewing on the end of my pencil and I write out the first lyric at the end is a question mark. And when I dot the question mark is when the pencil starts to glow a little bit. The lyric I wrote is, have they accepted that we are gone for good? And I am casting contact other plane. Bro. Oh my God. Excuse you are looking at the page. You bit the edge of that pencil and you notice that a little bit of the pencil lead broke off. You take your hand and you swipe it away. As on the paper, you see the word yes. 
Sebastian just cocks his head and squints his eyes. And he's going to try to continue the song, but more so in like, did I receive this answer? Or is this just happenstance? And he's going to write, has Halsey received my mixtape that I baked into that cake yet? Oh my God. (laughs) Through the trees of the willow, there's a little shadow and it looks like the word no. But just instantly, like so fast. (laughs) (laughs) I outline that no, by the way. Whatever is protruding onto that paper, I am like shading it in. Now it's starting to click that I am getting answers about whatever I happen to be writing. I'm going to move to the next line. And it's going to ask, are Xander's parents worried about him? Oh my God, the silence. (laughs) Oh my God, Colin, come on, dude. (laughs) Yes. Whatever it is, I'm drawing in that yes. And then I'll move down to the next line. I've always heard Blueberry talking about her birthday party that she really wants to hold and that she is potentially going to miss if we don't get back in time. It says, are they still going to hold Blueberry's birthday party in her honor? You look up as Frederick is running around the willow tree and you hear a branch snap and just a little bit of sap drops onto the page. And it says yes. I'm keeping the book open so that hopefully dries. And the very last line, thinking about Jet, how much he wants to get back, I write, is Jet's mom okay? The word doesn't come immediately. You see at the bottom, there's like a little crease in the page. And you decide to pull it. As you pull it, It's just a crease that shows a word. Alive. I look at that and I look up at Chet sleeping in his bag. Well, something's better than nothing. I'm going to fold the book outward so I can let that sap dry. I'm going to set it next to my pillow and I'm going to go to sleep. You turn over, shut your eyes, and you start to drift asleep. And you aren't quite sure when you finally drift off. Your mind's racing as it is. Who's giving me these questions? What exactly happened? What do I do with this information? How do I tell the others? But you do finally end up falling asleep. And you begin to dream. You see in front of you a beautiful grand piano. One you're currently sitting at. Your hands still holding down a sustained F-sharp minor chord as the sound of applause erupts around you. Dozens of people here in beautiful ball gowns and suits. Many have extravagant makeup on that covers most of their facial features. But even through that, you can see the giant smiles and hear the loud roars of cheer as you finish the song you were just playing. You see beautiful updos, fitted suits, wine glasses are raised in your honor as the audience cheers and chants. But any words you might hear from them, much like before, a garbled mess. You hear a voice. Don't stop now. One more song. From just behind the dais you are on, you can see a small curtain where a man is standing. 
the same man you saw at the end of your last dream. Tall, extremely symmetrical face. He's wearing a full suit with the jacket open, revealing a fitted, tight-fitting shirt. His black hair seems to have grown a bit since the last time you saw him. He smiles as his bright white teeth shine against the candlelight hanging from the nearby chandeliers. Go on. And from the audience, you hear a lull. Looking towards them, they look to be anticipating your next song. Like they aren't even breathing. They are so excited. Wiping the sweat off of my brow, just from the thought of being on stage again. It's been a long time since Sebastian has played piano. Really, he only played piano like back in Ohio when his parents basically make him take piano lessons before he picked up guitar. So if he's asking for another song, his mind is just racing as his face is like blank, trying to just run through either one of the songs that his parents taught him or one of the songs that he decided to learn when he got into his emo phase that still involved piano so he could like play what he wanted to. If they're just waiting, I do a little neck crack. I sit up straight like my dad always told me and I am gonna play because the crowd won't know it at all. I'm gonna play Miserable at Best by Mayday Parade. Give me a performance check. 24. The keys, they just feel so natural under your fingers. Each note from this piano, it just pierces the air around you. It's all you can hear. Just the music you're playing so beautifully all around you. And in the moment, nothing else matters. The notes are almost hypnotic in a way. When you finally finish the song, you hear the crowd start cheering all over again. And it's all for you. There are tears in their eyes. Makeup is running as they are throwing flowers towards you. It's one of the most loved and desired you have ever felt. Turning around, you see the man clapping and smiling wide. I look to the man to make sure that he's not menacing in any way, because I remember from the last stream, I didn't get the greatest of feelings when I looked at him. And as long as I don't feel that, and that love is still washing over me from the applause and everything, I will slowly and cautiously stand up, almost embarrassed, and walk over to the edge of the stage and do a little bow. You see the man, and he has what you deem in this moment to be pride in his eyes. You almost see a little bit of your dad in him. And you stand up. You move over to the edge of the stage, and you see people crying as they're watching you. There is a thunderous applause. And just at that moment, you can see a door to the nearby kitchen bursts open. The woman from your last dreams here, hair done up, long red cocktail dress, and a shiv in her hands. She runs and attacks one of the nearby partygoers, stabbing a man in the neck. He instantly starts bleeding and falls to the ground, as the old man with the top hat jumps down from the rafters. 
cane and dagger in hand, he starts swinging his cane around wildly at the party goers around him and jabbing at anyone too close. The woman gets up and starts running directly at you, Sebastian. From behind you, the man who can speak says, follow me, bursts through a door behind him and begins running. Fuck, these were the people that were supposed to be, like, that I was with and I was supposed to be doing some, I don't know if I was doing a job for them or what, but if they're running to me to attack me, I'm following the man. You give chase to the man as you hear no more applause and shouts from the crowd. He is running down long, extravagant hallways and continually looking back at you. And somehow he still seems under control and calm in such a hectic moment. And he seemingly just glides across the ground. His hair stays nicely done up as he's rushing away. But as you run, you can see the woman rush through the door behind you, covered in blood now all across her face and her right hand where she holds the shiv. And you can hear her shouting at you, but again, garbled mess. As you are running, you can see her grabbing at her hair. She drops the shiv completely and is grabbing at her hair. And ahead, the man turns left down a hallway. I'll stop at the very end of the hallway, turn, and wait for her to finish what she's doing with her hair before I run left. You get to the edge of the hallway, and as you turn, you can see her throwing something. I need a dexterity saving throw. Oh shit, 11. Her hair was in this beautiful updo and now it's just covered with blood and all over her face. You can see that from her hair, she took out some sort of sling or bola and threw it at you and it caught your legs tripping you. And you are now prone. As you're prone, she runs up to you and she grabs you by the chest, pulls you close to her and she grabs at your pocket. The realization comes over Sebastian, and he reaches into his pocket, hoping to find the music box. It is, and she shoves it into your hands. Cranking it as quick as I can, realizing what's going on. You crank, and you crank. You hear again from the music box. Four notes play. And hearing those four notes awakens you. Still nighttime. The others are sleeping. Blueberry does not look like she has awoken from her trance yet. (sighs) Breathing heavy, I just look around and make sure I'm still in the comfort of my friends. I really want to wake them. I know Jet told me to tell him about the dreams and told me to be honest with everyone about the dreams. But after the day that we just had, I'm going to let everyone sleep and I'm going to try to go back to sleep. At this point, Xander had woken up enough to move to right next to you. He fell asleep, he was real tired, but then needed some like friendly comfort. So he he was he's just next to you. Looking to my left and seeing Xander there, knowing that he was away before that, kind of gives him a little jump scare, especially being <laughs> so on edge from the dream. But then feeling him there is very comforting in what just happened. So I'll I'll roll, roll back over and try to go to sleep. Just check on the lyric book and make sure it's still there. And then inch my way back so like our backs are touching. Just the, the contact is relieving. Hello, my friend. My name's Sean, and I want to end your suffering. No, not like that. 
with meditation in my new podcast, Mindfulness for Gamers. Each episode, I'll take you through how mindfulness can help you to feel less anxious and frustrated and put you on the path of happiness, all through the lovely, grimy lens of video games. So make time to level up your mental health and take the first step on your spiritual skill tree. Join me and subscribe to Mindfulness for Gamers right here, right now. And you all gather a long rest. And Jet looks a little bit different this morning. Oh no. Oh my god, again. Oh. His face has scales crusting his cheeks. His face is starting to elongate. He looks like he has a longer nose and his jaw is out forward. His tail now completely reaches the floor and it's much wider at the base. Reach up to crack my jaw like I do in the mornings and I feel how how long it is. What? Guys? Uh, Don't fuck. (laughs) Do do you want to see what you look like right now, bud? I, d- d- is it even worth it? I just... Uh, fuck, show me. God. Alright. Take a picture. Snap a selfie. Show him. Fuck! Also, do you see anything weird in that picture? Oh, shit. No, oh, good question. Give me a perception check. 23. Xander, this is the first time you don't just immediately see a name. Until you look really close. Ah. Uh, and you see the word. Omis. God <gasps> damn it, I oh, knew no. it. Oh, no. Beautiful cursive. O-M-U-S. Um, blue? Yes. But it's a new one. What? It's his dear old dad this time. This time it says Omis. Oh, That's probably oh. not good. Yeah, I wonder if I wonder if Dad's pissed that we killed his kids. Does Does he look like he wrote it really angrily, or does he look like he wrote it like he's trying to, like, seek you out? I'm gonna be honest, dude. It looks it's approximately two millimeters long on this tiny ass screen, and it's really beautifully written in like cursive. So like, so he's not trying to grab your attention then. No, he's like sneaky. Like, mm, you kill my kids, I'm gonna watch you. Anyway, Jet, I'm sorry. This was this was about you when I flipped the camera around. Oh yeah, I was freaking out. Shit! I just storm off. Call for pebbles. Just ride for a minute. Clear my mind. What are you doing? What are you thinking about? Just a little pissed that I keep changing. I feel like I'm going for a ride because I need to start to accept it. So it's just to clear my mind a little bit easier. Just to get my mind off it and kind of think like, okay, this is happening. It's already happened. You take a little stroll and you come into that clearing you saw last night. It's a little bit covered by the woods. Again, looks natural, but like a nice semicircle. There's someone here. In the middle of this circle is an older man. One you haven't seen in quite some time. You see seven small dogs playing around in the grass. I'll stop where I am. I'll just look at him and and wait to see if he says anything. He is kneeling down, playing with the dogs. And he looks up at you, nods, 
It's been a minute. Has it? It was you, wasn't it? You were the one that I saw in the sky. Last time I asked one piece of advice. You asked about a revolution. Choose what is right, spread that message, fight for what you believe is right. You may have one more piece of knowledge. Who are you? As I said before, names don't matter for travelers. What are you? Is that the piece of advice you would like? What are you to me? What do you want most? There's a lot of things I want, but right now what I want most is to get back home with my friends and get back to my mother and my dog. To get back home? What if it meant leaving your friends behind? That's not an option. It will never be an option. I knew this from everything I have seen from you. They are more important than you yourself. In a sense, I I guess. I mean, yes, I care about myself. I, I love myself, but I love others just as much. And they've all become my family. They are one with me now. Nothing's going to change that. One piece of advice. What is it going to take for me and all of my loved ones to get back home safely together at the same time you're asking a fortune i provide advice it, i see no difference advise me how to get home i don't i don't understand you will knowledge is the most important thing you can seek there are ways to get to other places Though where you're going has been lost. If you want to get home, you have to look deep into history. For once, there was a connection. Would you get down from your steed? Without saying anything, I'll, I'll come down. The seven little dogs all come running up, and they all start climbing and jumping on pebbles like a big mama dog. And you can see that she starts getting down and running around in the field with the pups. Would you sit? Yeah. Yeah, I can do that. And he comes around the back of you. May I? As he has grabbed the back of your amulet. I get pretty defensive with that. I'll grab back and hold his hand. This doesn't leave me. It will not. And after a minute, I'll take my hand off. And he just drops it into one of your hands and he clasps the other one over top of it take a moment close your eyes and breathe close my eyes and take three big deep breaths give me a religion check 17 feeling calm every once in a while you hear jingles from the puppies um, and pebbles playing but quickly the sound of that fades as you're hearing more and more wind around you, almost circling you. You feel relaxed. Amulet in hand, no sounds, and you look up, the man is no longer there. You turn around. A dragon has taken up this spot, not 50 feet from you. The large platinum dragon you have seen 
a somewhat torn wing on its one side. It holds it askew just slightly, like it's in pain. And as you stand up, it opens its mouth. And this bright white light and flame engulfs you completely. And the rest of you hear this loud roar. That wasn't just me, right? No. What the hell was that? Where's Jet? He wandered off. In that direction? Yup. Oh, shit. All right. Running. You see the silhouette of Jet being completely lit up by this light, this flame. As Pebbles runs towards Jet, you can see these seven small dogs all turn into yellow golden dragons that start flying up in a circle around. Jet, you're feeling heat, you're feeling cold, but it doesn't hurt. It feels okay, but you can't see anything. And in that blinding light, whenever you blink, you remember your mom. You can see her in the spaces that aren't there. And all of a sudden, this being stops. These huge wings start flapping as it launches into the sky. The seven golden dragons spiraling around it as it heads upward through the clouds. Jet, you are now a white dragonborn. Oh, shit. What? With that, you can add either a plus one to your strength or your charisma score. You have the white dragonborn's draconic breath weapon. You are resistant to cold damage. You have 60 feet of dark vision. What the fuck? And on the ground next to you is Charlotte's protection. You can see it looks like it was melted and then refrozen. All those scratches you had on it from so long ago completely gone. This is now a plus one shield. What? Yo. You look entirely like a white dragonborn. Do you still have the beard and the bun? That is his choice. Beard is definitely gone. Bun is still there, but it's now white. There's no way that was real. Is that you? Jet? In the distance, they can see Jet just drop to his knees with his hands in front of him with the amulet in his hands. He's just looking down at it. Jet! Running up. What was that? Who is that? What happened? Why are you? Did you? What happened? Who is that? What happened? You're like a... Are you okay? A whole dragon, but no wings. I'm just continuously looking down at my amulet. I'm fully changed now, aren't I? Yeah. Yeah. I can feel it. I saw the man again. He was here, and he was with the dogs. I don't know if you guys remember him or not. The old man that I talked to. Oh, from Pastel? Yeah. He was here, and he was waiting for me. I took a ride just to clear my mind real quick, and he was standing there, and... We had a chat. He took my amulet and put it in my hands, and, and he told me to just close my eyes and breathe. And after a minute, everything was different. When I turned around, there it was again. That big old dragon... The one from the boat? The one from the ship? Yeah. He was right there in front of me. He didn't talk. He didn't do anything but stand there 
and open his mouth and I'm guessing you guys saw what happened after that yeah you were uh you were like engulfed in flame bright white light flame the thing is though it didn't hurt it was the most strange sensation I've ever felt I think he made me fully like this now as I gestured to myself do I look okay? I mean, I could only imagine how different I look now, but... Wow. I mean, you look cool. Worried, but you look alright. You know, I think, um... I think you take the cake for most dramatic transformation now. Yeah, I thought my ears and hair was crazy. My hands? Like, you remember when the dagger, you know, like... Look, dog, you're still jet. You're okay. We'll get you fixed. I slap him in the shoulder. I'll reach up for his hand to help me up. So he was trying to help you after all. I know you were like uncertain about it. I know this might not look like helping, but I feel like he's looking after you, looking over you. I don't know. I, I don't know if this is a benefit or a curse in the end. I mean, yeah, he he gave me some information, but it didn't seem as if it helped. Uh, The only thing I could remember him saying was, in order for us to get home, we have to look towards the past. We have to look at history. History? Well, that's something. Hmm. It's going to take some getting used to, but we might be okay with this in the future. I got to think about it. You would get a lot of roles in Hollywood that are very specific here. Who knows if I can even go back home like this? What what if we, when we get back home I just turn back to normal old Jet? Well then that's a win too. That's probably preferable. Yeah. But if I can't, and then I go back as this shit what if they think I'm an alien and they try to like nuke me or something? Hey, hey, hey. If you look like an alien I got you, bro. Like I, I've got the best alien protection in LA. It's, it's definitely... Not the greatest, you know, going back to a world full of humans, but I don't think they'll mistake you for an alien, especially, like, because we're all here to vouch for you. Uh, One thing you won't be mistaken for is a bearded dragon, and I'll scratch under his chin. (laughs) No, it's gone? He's gone. Oh, my God. Your stubble's gone, man. That took so long. Oh, my God. This is the worst thing to ever happen to me. Yo, you know what? If you go back like this, then you can just, like, basically prove that Hollywood's full of lizard people. Oh, my God. Okay, you know what? You just go go take a walk, buddy. I, I, gotta, I gotta do some things here. Yo, what does this junk look like, I say to Sebastian? Unfortunately, I've seen Jet's business more times than I care to admit at this point in this trip. It's just a matter of time. I'll let you know. All right, keep me posted. <laughs> I don't want to know, but curiosity's getting the best of me. <laughs> jump on top of pebbles and uh i won't put my my necklace back on i'll just hold it in hand and ride back and as you guys are packing up your stuff under the willow you see that jet is trotting his way back over on pebbles everyone got their stuff yep all right oh i i forgot my book hold on i left it out last night and i go grab it i should probably tell you guys about this while everyone was sleeping i was working on a song I was trying to write one about back home and I started writing questions down on the paper. I got some answers. 
I didn't write these. I know it might look like it. These just kind of appeared, and I'll flip the book around and just hand it to whoever wants to take it. Some are good. Some are bad. Wait, so who... Where did... What happened? Where... How... Who wrote it? I couldn't tell you. Does that say my parents? Yeah. I just wanted to see how everyone was handling us being gone. I wanted to start the song off with like a question so I could go into the the first verse and everything. I was writing and then I, I swiped away some of the pencil after it broke off and it made a word. And And then I got curious and I wasn't sure if it was just a coincidence. So I asked another question and it might have been dumb, but just to confirm that I was like actually getting answers and then I decided to keep going. So I got a couple more questions in. But they have accepted that we're not coming back. How long has it been? What if it's not like a reliable source? It might not be. The first one could have been coincidence, but I kept going and I kept getting answers. Xander, I asked about your parents and Jet, I asked about your mom. You what? And Blue, they're still holding your birthday party. Oh, they better. I'll get more info next time, I promise. Whoa, hold up. What did it say? I asked if your mom was okay. And? All it gave me was... Alive. See, look, right there. It's right next to the, the lyric. And Xander... And I throw him the book. Catch it. Look at it. I... You know, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. We left on bad terms, but... I mean, they're still my parents, right? I know you don't talk about them too much. I didn't really know who else to ask about. And I just wanted you to know that someone was out there that missed you. Well, you said you'd get more information next time. So... Let's take this as we have we have a connection. We have a source, right? And a source is a good thing. You know, you need sources in journalism. You need sources in research. We have a source. So, fucking good job, Sebastian. I don't know if this will happen again. I don't really know how I did it to begin with. But if you guys can think of anything that you might want to know about back home, let me know and I can try writing about it. Think about how you did it while we walk to the next town, because we got to get moving. Yeah, okay. You guys head further south. Travel takes a few more hours, especially with the ambiguity of where you are supposed to go. There isn't a direct path you are on, so you're walking through the forest. You often have to move through or around large trees. This journey, however, does have the pleasant aspect of the wildlife here. When traveling by path or road, you don't always get as much interaction with animals, but here you run into bugs, spiders, lots of birds nesting in the trees, blueberry, you even spot an owl sleeping in a knot hole, small squirrels, chipmunks, you even see a fox. It's a nice and peaceful walk. And as you continue south, there are less trees, there's more space between them. It seems to get more hilly, rocky, and you kind of have to watch your step more often to make sure you don't twist an ankle starts to become larger elevation changes. 
There are whole cliffs at time that you need to navigate around, and you're all walking up a steeper portion. And you come to a wide-open cliff. You can see it looks down upon a small village. It looks to be a smaller trading village. It sits nestled in a valley surrounded by a few small ridges in this more mountainous region. The village itself is very still. The only movement you can see from here is a large building in the center has a chimney with some smoke coming out of it. But this isn't the only thing that grabs your attention. Sitting atop a nearby ridge further to the south is a large castle overlooking the village. A large clock tower in the center with two watchtowers flanking it on either side. Sebastian. This is it. This village you have seen before from this cliff. You have seen almost this exact image in your dreams. Though this time you feel completely in control of yourself. The clock tower simply is a clock face. No rune. As soon as that clock tower crests the hill, I just dead stop. You good? I forgot to tell you guys. Jet told me to be honest when this happened. I had another dream last night. The first time I had one of these dreams, I I was here. This path, this hill, this valley, and that clock tower. Oh shit. This is what you were talking about? That this is the thing that's been like haunting your dreams? That exact castle. And at that moment I looked down at my wrist. In the first dream, I told you guys about the tattoo. This rune, and I, I kind of circle it on my wrist, was on the clock face. And I point way out in the distance. Bad dream? Not a good dream. Is it dangerous? I don't know. They're kind of mixed signals. The first couple almost felt like I was trying to rob the castle. There was a there was a man and a woman. And one man tried to like go break into a door and then the other woman was like guiding me throughout the castle, but we had to be real quiet. And then there's the guy. And this is when Sebastian's face kind of gets really white. I have never felt more dread in my entire life than I have when I looked at this man. I don't know if he runs the castle, but in the first dream, the first dream that I saw him, he was almost hosting a party, and he was down on the dance floor, almost raised up a little bit on a platform, and he was like entertaining his guests, and I made eye contact with him, and in that dream, he spoke to me. He's the only one I've ever been able to hear in my dreams. But then the next time, last night, he was almost trying to help me. His audience was being attacked by the two people who I thought I was helping to begin with. And he guided me out safely. He was running me through the castle, trying to get me away from them. So I don't know which dream to believe if I'm ever going to see these people, or who I should even trust. That's such a drastic change in dreams. How do you go from getting that absolute feeling of dread from this one man to, oh, he's your friend now. He's trying to save you. What, 
what could that mean? How, how can that happen in just one dream? I, I don't even know. What does he look like? He's very tall. He has a very thin face and long black hair. How do you feel about still going into the town? I mean, we can't turn back. This is, uh, your nightmare village, so lead the way, I guess. Can someone else? You're right, you're right. You shouldn't be. I guess you probably shouldn't be in the in the lead for that. Uh, Jet, lead the way. All right, I got you. I got you. You, you ready, Sebastian? Very timid nod. You want to come up here with me? And I'll pat at the butt of Pebbles. Without even saying anything, he sheepishly walks up and gets on the back of Pebbles. You continue heading down the pathway. The nearby hills start to look larger as you descend further down. The trees thin as you move. And as you walk every once in a while through the trees, you catch a glimpse of the castle sitting atop the ridge in the distance. Heading into the village, there are no walls on the outskirts, no large watchtowers, no defense of any kind. The only thing that denotes the edge of the village is a small sign. A plank of wood connected to a stake that is embedded into the ground, and it says, Hazel Rest. The buildings here are relatively small, mostly made of wood, but the architecture is beautiful. You wouldn't expect a village this small to have such wonderful buildings, but they are just beautiful. Most of these houses have wonderful pointed arch doorways with large windows adorning them. You can tell even from the outside they have high ceilings just based on the placement of the angular roofs. Some of the larger buildings have spires atop them that seem to have no purpose other than being pleasing to the eye. Sebastian, from atop Pebbles, you see that you recognize a lot of what you see. In one of your dreams, you are walking down this very dirt road, pushing a wheelbarrow. Everything is the same. You vividly remember a broken wheelbarrow in between two shacks. It's still there, in the same position. You remember the way you had to move the wheelbarrow around a large hole in the dirt path, just so you didn't knock any of the wood out, and you can see that same hole. Everything here is the same. Everything except the people. This area is still. You see no one around you. The buildings look empty. There's no light emanating from their windows. You don't immediately hear any noise other than the birds singing their songs in the trees nearby. The only movement you see that doesn't look like natural wind and leaves is the smoke emanating from the large building closer to the center of the village. I'll tap Jet on the shoulder. This all looks really familiar. I've seen everything. There's a lot more people in my dreams. It doesn't really look like anyone's around. I assume we just go to the smoke, right? Smoke means people. Hopefully. As you all walk, you start to notice that each nook and cranny of this strip of the village you remember Divot here, wind chime placed at the edge of this outreach of a building. You notice a potted plant hanging from a sign of a garden shop. You remember these vibrant red flowers adorned its vines as it draped over the pot and it really caught your eye. That was in your dream, but here, it's dead. Still hanging, but completely lifeless as the dried up vines stay firmly near the pot as it hangs. 
Sebastian, with what you know of this village, you know that you are headed directly to that large building you have already been in before. A large hall where the feast was being prepared, where you initially brought the firewood. And this is the building with the smoke coming from it. You remember you were brought in a side entrance, and you come right upon that side doorway. You see the little ramp that you brought the wheelbarrow up right next to the stairs. This is all just so bizarre. It's like the weirdest sense of deja vu. So it's still as if you were right there. I mean, nothing's changed. It's all memorable to you. A little less gray and gloomy, but yeah. That's good. Is it? Oh, it's it's good if it's less gloomy in real life. More gloomy in real life. Oh. Sorry. I should have specified. Let's go around. You start heading towards the front of the building. Big double doors here. It opens up into a courtyard of sorts. There isn't a specific sign on this building. And from here, you can see fire glinting on the inside. I'm going to go in. You start opening the door and it does seem locked. I'm going to unlock the door. As you're getting your tools out, you're trying to unlock it. From the other side of the door, you hear... (gasps) Oh, no, 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 don't do that, okay? You come in through that door, you're going to be absolutely fucked, okay? And for today, that's a wrap. Okay, all right. Come on! Thank you all so much for listening. Please join us in welcoming Maisie Lynn to our beautiful podcast. We're so excited to have her. She'll be on in two weeks when the next episode comes out. But you can't wait that long for content. What you can do is go to patreon.com slash castparty. In one week, we have our behind the scenes dropping where we talk about each of the episodes. At the start of every month, we have the after party. It's amazing, hilarious, fun one shots, and you have a huge backlog to get through. So why not go do that now while you wait for our next episode? As well as this is our anniversary month, meaning our merch store is open right now cast-party.myshopify.com. You only have a few more weeks to get your goodies, so do it right now before you forget. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you in two weeks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Can I hear your guys' best whiskusy accent? What is... I don't even know what it is. Yeah, I can do like a Midwestern thing, but it's not like a specific. It, I mean, I mean, it's Midwestern. It's not specifically Wisconsin. Okay, so after I had that spooky dream, it took me a bit to get back to sleep. But when I finally did, it was wild. So in my dream, we were back home playing a show at the Red Mafia Panda out in L.A. And we were supposed to be opening up for the ground shaking bass drop and polyamorous swirl when all of a sudden... Eric Five starts yelling out in the parking lot, okay? So Jeff the Milkman and I rush out to see what the heck is going on. And, well, turns out the Pungent Master was talking shit, and they were talking amongst themselves, and the drummer says he gets noped when he listens to Get Stoked. Yeah, I, I didn't understand it either, but Dream Me was pissed.
So Sainty Love throws his guitar straight through their tour van's windshield. Ebat Flow tries to light the whole van on fire while Jeski Fire tries to talk them out of it. Ironic, I know, right? New York is slashing their tires. Meanwhile, I'm just trying to find Dubword so he can put an end to all this mess. When out of nowhere, Lexi runs out and smashes a bass drum over Isuik's head. Frankie is off trying to do donuts in the parking lot in our van. And Lord Asselberg is throwing mic stands into the whole band brawl. <sighs> Forerunner finally found the venue owner who came out and broke everything up. The Pungent Master got kicked off the show, and then they told us we got to headline instead. So, like, all in all, could have been a worse dream.